0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church, and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm going to continue the series that Tony started last week, and it's a series on thankfulness. It's called Thankful. Because whether you know it or not, I know we're not American, but it is a season of thanksgiving. And we believe as church leaders that thanksgiving and being thankful and being people full of thanks shouldn't be left to just a season or a date in the calendar. But as believers and as Christians and people who are God lovers and know God, that we should be actually a thankful And so we just decided that, you know what, we're going to use these two weeks, do a little mini-series on the power and the practice of being thankful. And it's just a reminder that we as a people should be full of thanksgiving. Tony's read from the scripture last week, Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Now, Tony sang to you last week, and he just said, you know, when he read that scripture, it reminds him of some of the songs that he grew up in church. Don't panic, I won't put you through that horror this morning by singing to you. I listened to the um, message while I was on my walk this week, and I was laughing. Actually, I thought he sounded all right. I was like, that's pretty good. (laughs) Um, And he said about how, you know, we learnt those songs, and they were just scripture, they were easy to sing, and he joked about the fact that then it went, and to the ladies... But what he forgot to tell you is often after that you would go, now the ladies all sing, we would then get really creative and we would do it in rounds. So then it would be like you start, give thanks to the Lord for his love. And then we just go, and then they'd say, and the next line, and then we'd, we'd break it up. So we'd say, okay, you guys start, and they'd do the first line, and then after the first line, you guys would come in with the first line, and they were going on, and then we'd be, oh, we're getting really tricky. We didn't just halve the church, we third the church, and then the third line, and we'd just keep going. So again, you, there's a good reason for us to be thankful this morning. That one, you don't. I'm not gonna sing it to you, but two, I'm not gonna make you do it in rounds, all right? But Psalm 100 says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. And Tony shared last week on the power of thankfulness. And he highlighted three powerful outcomes that thankfulness does in our life. And he said that it guards our heart. When we are a people that are full of thanks, it guards our heart. It aligns our soul and it enlarges our faith. That's the power of thankfulness in everybody's life. And again, I encourage you, jump on the website, go to our podcast channel, download that message because we can all do with being more and more thankful. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about the practice of of thankfulness. And I've got a very, very practical message this morning. So we talked about the power. What what does thankfulness unleash in your life? What does thankfulness do in your life? And this morning, I want to talk about what things we can do and we can practice so that we can be a more thankful people. Because you have to understand that thanksgiving doesn't come naturally. I've had to be taught how to be thankful And more importantly, I've had to teach my kids how to be thankful. It's just not something that is natural to the human psyche and the human will. And um, just to to prove my point this week, uh, one of my children had uh, some of their friends over and they were just doing different things and they came in to ask for something. It might have been a drink or fruit or something. And they came in and asked for it. And so I proceeded to get it to them and I gave it to them and I waited and there was nothing. And so I said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. To which I was met with a blank stare, and they went, oh, that's okay. I didn't say anything. (laughs) I went, precisely. (laughs) Let me tell you what you should have said. You should have said, why, thank you, Mrs. Rainbow. See, thanks and gratitude and thanksgiving is not a natural disposition of the human heart. And I've had to learn I need to be taught how to be thankful and I need to teach others to be thankful. I don't think there's a parent here who can say, oh, I just have to pull my child aside and say, look, stop it with the thankfulness. Like, come on. It's just getting really sickly sweet in here with how gracious you are and how thankful you are. And I'm just over you saying, thanks mum for this, thanks mum for that, thanks mum for this. Is there any parent? No, because it's not an inclination of the human heart. It's not natural for us. We need to be taught thanksgiving. Not only is thanksgiving not natural, but thanksgiving isn't the result of getting. Often we think, well, if I got something, then I'd have reason to be thankful. But that's simply not true. I've learned in my life, and again, I've learned in my children's life, that the more we get, the more selfish we actually become, the more ingracious we become. So thankfulness isn't a result of getting. You see it at Christmas, you see it at birthdays, we want something. I mean, again, just this week, one of my children said to me, Can I do something? Can I have so-and-so come over and play on Saturday? And I looked at the diary and I just went, you know what? I just cannot make that happen this week. And do you know what I was met with? Yes, you're right. I was met with, oh, mum, that is so okay. I totally get it. It's not a problem. No. I was met with downturned lips, furrowed forehead squinty eyes, screwed up nose and a sulky disposition. And I just went, hang on a second. I'm sorry that I can't make Saturday work, but may I just remind you, let's take a walk through the week, shall we? Let's look at Monday. Oh, Monday after school, this is what we did. And you got to do this and go there. And then let's look at Tuesday and what happened on Tuesday and who came over to your house on Tuesday. And then Wednesday again. And this went through, we just walked through the week until we got to Friday And I said, I'm so sorry that on Saturday, I just can't make it happen. I am good, but I am not a magician. (laughs) Gratitude, thankfulness, it isn't a result of getting. I said, let me just remind you, you've had quite a bit this week. How about you just say thanks? Gratitude, thankfulness is not natural for us humans. Thankfulness is not a result of us getting thanksgiving and thankfulness is a choice. It's not dependent and has nothing to do with what we have or what we don't have. Well, if I had this, I'd be thankful. I'm not thankful because I don't have this. It's got nothing to do with what's happening or what's not happening. Well, if this was happening in my life, I'd be thankful. If this wasn't happening in my life, I'd be thankful. It's got nothing to do with where you are or where you're not. If I was in Queensland, well, then I'd be thankful. If I was on the beach, then I'd be thankful. If I lived in Bali, then I'd be thankful. It's got nothing to do with where you are or where you're not. Thanksgiving is a choice. You either choose to be grateful or you choose to be miserable. In Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13, the Apostle Paul says this in the message. He says, Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just happy, I'm just as happy with little as with much, with much as with little. I found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Thankfulness and being full of thanks is a choice. And what I've discovered that we live with two orientations in our life. Will either focus on God's goodness and all He's done and what He's done for me and who He is and how great He is, or will constantly complain about what hasn't yet happened what God has yet to do in my life, what the church has yet to do for me, what others are not doing, what the government hasn't done, what the school won't do, what the policeman wouldn't do and on and on and on it goes. Thanksgiving and being full of thanks is a choice. Author John Ortberg says this, gratitude is the ability to experience life as a gift. It opens us up to the wonder, delight and humility. It makes our hearts generous. It liberates us from the prison of self-preoccupation. Gratitude is not something we give to God because He wants to make sure we know exactly how much trouble He went to over us. Gratitude is the gift God gives us that enables us to be blessed By all his other gifts, the way our taste buds enable us to enjoy the gift of food. Without gratitude, our lives degenerate into envy, dissatisfaction, and complaints, taking what we have for granted and always wanting more. In other words, we're not to grumble because we don't get. What we want, but we are to be thankful that we don't get what we deserve. So, if Thanksgiving is a choice, if it's not the result of getting, and it certainly isn't natural, it's fair to say then this morning that we need to practice the art of giving thanks. Do you agree with me this morning? Well, what I want to do just quickly and practically is give us some skills, give us some things I believe we can implement that help us put into practice the art of being thankful. And when we're thankful, we'll have lives that are full of thanks. So the first key this morning, the first thing we need to practice as individuals is we need to learn to appreciate imperfect gifts. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm imperfect, I know, some, I know that's a stretch for some of you. Some of you are like, she's not talking about me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But each and every one of us is imperfect. Who's ever received an imperfect gift? Where's Dan McGore? Happy birthday, Mr. McGore. It's Dan's birthday today. <clears throat> I'm sure over the 21, 22, 22 years, You've received some imperfect gifts. Obviously not this morning from Ashari, I get that. But there've been times when you've received imperfect gifts. All of us have received imperfect gifts. I remember that many, many, many years ago when Tony and I were first dating. In fact, it was probably one of the first times he came to our Allen family Christmas. And we were at my Nana's and my Nana gave... Uh, Tony this gift, and we all stood around as he unwrapped it, and then we're talking probably late 80s, so he unwraps this present to see a white polyester form-fitted body shirt with blue piping on all the um, edges and the cuffs, and he was like, wow, Nana, thank you, but you really shouldn't have. And the emphasis was, no, really, you shouldn't have. It was the ugliest thing you have ever seen. And we have always, in fact, just yesterday, it was my mum and dad's 50th wedding anniversary and we were out for the day, that story came up again. I said, Tony, you're not going to believe it. That's in my notes for tomorrow. But we've all received imperfect gifts. I mean, God bless King's Baptist Grammar School. But one of the banes of my life is the Christmas stool where I have to give my child $3 for her to buy me a very imperfect gift. And then I've got to go, oh, wow, that's so nice. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) And why did you think of that for me? You know what? We've all received imperfect gifts. And it's because we live in an imperfect world. We live in a fallen world. The imperfect is all around us. And if you want to live with a disposition of being thankful and full of thanks, then we need to learn to appreciate, appreciate imperfect gifts. You're imperfect. I'm imperfect. The world we live in is imperfect. But if we want to be full of thanks, we need to learn to be thankful for imperfect things. Imperfect things like your body. Imperfect things like your home. Imperfect things like your job, your kids, your life. Learn to be thankful for imperfect things. And remember this, no matter how imperfect your life is, I guarantee someone in this world has a life who is less perfect than imperfect than yours. To be full of thanks, we need to appreciate imperfect gifts And imperfect situations. So, mum, when your son makes his bed less than perfect, be thankful. When hubby burns the dinner, be thankful. When you drive your clapped out, non air conditioned car on a 38 degree day, be thankful you're not walking. When you see a wrinkle or a roll on your body, Be thankful you can see for a start, but be thankful when your health is not good and you have to go to the doctor. Be thankful you have a doctor to which you can go. As you're scrubbing your bathroom and you're cursing the people who've used the toilet and don't know how to use it correctly yet, be thankful you don't have to walk with a shovel and take some tissue or leaves and find a quiet place. When you meet a deadline and the pressure's on at, at work to meet the deadline, be thankful you've got a job. When you are ironing your clothes, mum, be thankful. One, you've got people to iron for, but two, you've actually got a selection of things that you can iron. As you sit your exams, students, be thankful that you get the opportunity to go to school an opportunity that many others in the world have been avoided and don't have the luxury of having. And as you gag on your Brussels sprouts, (laughs) be thankful that you have food on your plate. Researchers conclude that grateful people experience what they call a low threshold of gratitude. Just like a whisper has to reach a certain decibel for us to hear it, goodness has to reach a certain experiential level before we perceive it. John Ortberg goes on to say this, just as some of us are hard of hearing, some of us are hard of thanking. It takes a gift of epic proportions. You need to win the lotto or get a new car before we actually feel grateful. People with a high capacity for thankfulness, on the other hand, have a low threshold of gratitude. They find that a sunset, a smile, can set off a sense that they've been blessed by a gift they did not earn. If you want to be and have a life that is full of thanks, then we need to learn to see God's goodness in things less than perfect. Let's put into practice this morning the fact that we need to appreciate imperfect gifts. The second key and the second thing, you can clap. (laughs) Remember, we're talking the practice of thankfulness. These are things that we need to do. The second thing is we need to embrace our trials. What I've learned is nothing gives me greater perspective than tough times. John 16 says, You in this world, you will have many troubles. It doesn't say you may, you could. He says you will. Trouble comes. Trouble life is just it's gonna throw itself at us, and if you're not in trouble now, then you will be in trouble, or you've possibly just come out of trouble. But life will give you many troubles. But Jesus goes on to say, But take heart, because I've overcome the world. And I think sometimes we're not full of thanks because we use a lot of our energy trying to run away from the trial in which we find ourselves in. And newsflash is we can't run away from the trial. What we can do is walk through the trial so that we find ourselves in a position of coming out on the other end. So if you want to be full of thanks, you want thankfulness to flow through your life, then start embracing the trial in which you find yourself in. I mentioned um, last year for us was not a great year. And in March of last year, I found a two centimetre lump in my left breast. And so I had to go to the doctor and they sorted that out. But the problem was that that led to the fact that wasn't the issue. The issue was the other lump that was undiagnosable if, we didn't, if I hadn't have found that one. And so I had a three-month wait where the doctor, they'd done some tests, they'd taken some biopsies, and then they just said, you have to sit on it for three months and wait. And after three months, we'll monitor it. And if it hasn't changed, then we'll do it again in 12 months and we'll see where we go from there. Now, I'm fairly... Got a robust faith and I didn't, it didn't worry me. But you can't say that there wasn't times of anxiety or there wasn't times when the enemy tried to bring doubt or wasn't times when the enemy tried to whisper things into your heart and get you off course and get you unsettled and bring some anxiety and some anxiousness to my life. But you know what, after three months when the doctor said, well, Mrs. Rainbow, it's looking okay at this stage because it hasn't grown, so come back and see me in 12 months. And so this year, after 12 months, when I went back for them to test, when the doctor sat me down and said, Mrs. Rainbow, the good news is there's been no change so we can safely say that there is nothing of concern in this situation. Can I tell you that thankfulness and gratitude filled my heart? But this is where we need to join the dots, If it wasn't for the former, I wouldn't have had the latter. And we want to do life without the trial, but yet I wonder why we're people that are just not thankful. We're not thankful because you know what? We're running from the trial. But if we embrace the trial, remember God says He works all things together for good. Doesn't mean He calls all things good. So I'm not saying the trial and the situation and the angst in which you find yourself is good. I'm saying God will use all that for the good. And I wouldn't have had the fullness of joy and I wouldn't have had the thankfulness, the gratitude, the appreciation of what it means to actually have my health if it wasn't for the fact of the threat of losing it. I remember we were used to live behind the village shopping centre and um, I used to walk to the shops and the kids, they had a pusher, but they never used the pusher. I used the pusher as a trolley. So my kids had to walk holding the pusher and I would just use the pusher as a trolley, which is cool for me, meant that I didn't steal one of Woolie's trolleys and bring it home and then take it back. But it just meant that my kids weren't secure. So, you know, you teach them, hold on to the trolley. And I remember one day we were in Target and I think and it was um, baby Target at that stage and they had this big toy sale. And back in that stage, they had out the front, they had a big trampoline, they had a table tennis table. They had three or four cubbies, and Mitch and I had, oops, I just gave away who it is. <laughs> we had walked into Target, he was holding onto the trolley, and I must have got distracted in the ladies' wear, looking at stuff and looking whatever. And anyway, I looked down, and Mitchy's not there. And at first you go, ah, oh, it's cool, he's probably there. So you, Mitch, 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 and you're looking through the racks, because I figured he's just turned his back. Well, after five minutes, you, you're starting to, now you're not going, Mitch, 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 you're going, Mitch, Mitch. It's a bit higher pitch. And then you're looking for the shop assistant. Has anyone seen a boy? Then they, then they make, after 10 minutes, they're making announcements over the, so you're starting to get anxious. At first, you're really angry. I'm like, I'm gonna, when I find that kid, he's going to wish he's already dead because when I find it, I don't have time for this. But then that anger turns to anxiousness and then fear and then what's going on. Finally, we find Mitch because I sit down and think, if I was two, where would I go? And then I look and I see there's three cubbies. Out, it's out the shop and in the foyer area. So I just go and I start opening the cubby door. And sure enough, the last cubby door I open, little Mitch, surprise! <laughs> surprise! <laughs> but can I tell you, you know what? Anger, frustration and fear gives way to the gratefulness for the safety of my child. And it's the same when we talk about thankfulness. I don't know what your trial is. I don't know if it's a health journey you're working through, a relational dysfunction, an estrangement, whatever it is. What I do know is that as you walk through it, thankfulness rises up because you understand the preciousness of, hey, you know what? I made it through my health trial. I don't take for granted my health anymore. Or the fact that if this is going to end with me going to be with God, I take... I'm thankful for the fact of these many years I've already had on earth. I'm thankful for maybe the notice I've had in advance to prepare. Whatever it is for you, it's not about the trial, but the thankfulness comes because we start to appreciate what it is God has done in and through us. I've shared many times from this stage our story with Mitch and the fact that at 18 weeks, The doctors picked up a problem with his left hand, prophesied all sorts of negativity over us, strongly advised for us to terminate, for which we fought. And then when Mitch was born, they were right. He didn't have any digits on his left hand. And we spent five years going to occupational therapists because Mitch had to learn to do things that you and I take for granted. He had to learn how to use a knife and fork. In fact, I remember one of the first times he stayed with somebody when we travelled and they put dinner in front of him and it was a big schnitzel. And I, just without even thinking, used to cut it all up because he, he couldn't hold a knife and a fork at that stage. And so this is Mitch. So when they put it, they all start eating. He's thinking, OK, well, they haven't cut it up for me. So he just grabbed it with his left hand and he goes, well, I suppose I'll eat it like this then. <laughs> but the point is, Mitch, he had to learn some things. We had to go to an occupational therapist. And the specialist had been on to us about taking two of his toes and to transplant them onto his little pincher grip. And we fought them for five years and said, no, 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 I thank you. I understand that you're doctors. I understand that you want to practice on someone. You're just not going to practice on my child. And we just said, no, it's fine. And... I had to fight. I mean, a doctor point blank told Tony and I we were irresponsible parents because we would not do this. They said, how dare you not make this decision for your child? And don't tell mama that she's making a wrong decision. It's like, don't you dare. I thank you, doctor, for your training. I thank you that you want to learn. I thank you that you think that's care. But let me tell you, I'm his parent and we will make the decision and we're not going to do that. So we, we had to fight this. And what happened, when I was telling the occupational therapist about this situation, she said to me, can I have your number? She said, I have just had a lady leave my office half an hour ago. Single woman whose child was born very similar, same sort of problems as Michi, and is feeling the pressure of the doctors to do something. In her heart, she doesn't want to. But she said to me, she potentially will cave because she hasn't got the strength to be able to say no. I said, absolutely, you give her my number. I said, and you know what? My t- I would never take my trial away. Or, Mitchie's trial away because I'm thankful to God for the opportunity that has provided to me. I could be so bent out of shape, God, after all we've done for you and how we do, why couldn't you heal my son? Why couldn't you? But you know what? Thankfulness says, God, if it wasn't for that, that woman, I wouldn't have been there to be able to help her. I couldn't have brought light into that situation. I couldn't have encouraged her and helped her. And we had another couple in the church who were pregnant and had a given a death sentence over their unborn child, ring us and say, can we come and sit with you? Because this is what they've said to us. This is what they want us to do. And we've heard your story. Can't you come? We don't want to do that. We just want you to come and sit with us and encourage us and strengthen us. I don't know your trial. I don't know what it is, but what I do know is that when you get through it, the thankfulness that comes, you can't have the thankfulness and the gratitude of what might have been if it wasn't for what you've walked through. Stop running from your trial and embrace it. Nothing gives you a new perspective on your trial than when you're full of thanks. And it reminds me of a letter a teenage girl wrote to her parents. And it says this, Dear Mum and Dad, I have so much to tell you. First, because of the fire in my dorm that was started by the student riots, I experienced temporary lung damage and had to go to hospital. While I was there, I fell in love with an orderly. We have moved in together. I dropped out of school when I found out that I was pregnant. Then he got fired because of his drinking, so we're going to move to Alaska where we might get married after the birth of the baby. Signed, Your Loving Daughter. Oh, PS. None of that really happened. I did flunk my chemistry class though and wanted to help you keep it in perspective. <laughs> your struggle, your trial is doing something in you. Be thankful. And the third thing I believe that we need to adopt so that we can be people of thank- that are full of thanks is that we need to express thanks Often express thanks even when we don't feel it. How many times are like, I? Well, I don't feel thankful. Oh, I don't feel thankful. Can you imagine if God had an attitude? Well, I don't feel thankful either. So, like, you know, express thanks even when we don't feel it. Don't wait to feel it because it's the thinking and the doing which leads. To the feeling, and may I just remind each and every one of us: it's not thanks feeling; it's thanks giving. How many times I say to my kids, "I don't care whether you feel like doing it; we do it because it's the right thing to do." If you're sitting here saying, "Well, my life's this," and I'm saying, "You know what? Start to express thanks." So it's not thanks feeling, it's thanks giving. And you know what, God, I've seen enough. I've seen what you can do in their life. I've seen what you can do in their life. And while I might not feel like you're moving in my life, because I've seen what you can do there, I'm actually going to give voice to what it is. And I'm going to start thanking you. Because I understand that if I start doing, then, and I start acting, then perhaps maybe I'll start feeling. C.S. Lewis says this, it's a thin line between pretending to feel something and beginning to feel it. And we cross that line into feeling thankful when we express our thanks. And so quickly, I just want to share three keys. We're talking about expressing thanks often. What can you do? And how can you do it so that it makes it a habit for you? And the first one is this, be thoughtful. I think the main reason for a lack of thanksgiving Is a lack of thought. A saying in our church and in our home is to think is to thank. And many of us don't stop and actually think about what it is we have and what it is that's been done for us. We're not thankful because we're not thankful. We need to stop and think. That's all I did with my child when I said, let's walk through the week. We're going to take a journey through the week and let's think about what it is and then thankfulness will come there's always something to thank God for the, all you've got to do is actually stop, seela, pause and think about it. to think is to thank and that not only applies to our God in heaven but it applies to the people that we do life with because what I've learned is the longer I've been with someone, the easier it is for me to take them for granted. The longer I've walked with God and have an expectation of what he'll do, it's easier for me to just take it for granted. The longer I've been married, it's it's a fight to not just take things for granted. The longer I do life with friends, it's a fight to not just take things for granted. But I have to stop. I have to be thoughtful because I've got to think is to thank the other thing we're talking about, how do we express it often? I want to I put into practice this thankfulness so that I've got a life that is full of thanks. Is you not only are thoughtful, but be specific. We're talking about giving thanks. Okay, I'm going to start expressing it often. Be specific. It's not just saying the word thanks. Because if you just say, thanks, 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 it just gets monotonous. What's the difference between, hey, thanks for the ice cream and, hey, thanks for saving my life? It's like, no, we need to be specific. We um, had the privilege this week, our interns graduated and uh, we went out for dinner and had a celebration and did all sorts of fun things and people had different opportunities. And Jordan got the opportunity uh, on behalf of the interns to thank people. And what I loved about it is she didn't just get up there and say, hey, thanks Phil and Sarah for helping us this year. Hey, thanks Andre uh, for just putting it together and thanks mum and dad. Great, on behalf of everyone, thanks and sat down. But Jordan was specific. In her speech, she said, Phil, I wanna thank you that you have walked a journey alongside us and you have shown us how to have a devotional life. You've shown us what that means to put into practice, to hear from God, to be able to apply that to our life. She was specific she said to Andre Andre I want to say thank you for the many hours of behind the scenes that nobody's seen I thank you for your generosity not in just taking us out for dinner but you've invested into us you've looked for ways to encourage and to compliment one of us I want to thank you she was specific in what she said and when we're talking about being full of thanks we need to be specific in our thanks the question I have for us this morning is what are you grateful for? Oh, thanks, God. I thank you that you're God. What are you grateful for? God, I thank you that no, despite the insecurity that is within me, the, the, the things that I'm struggling with, you still love me. God, I thank you that this morning, I didn't just wake up, but there was breath in my lungs to be able to do I thank you for the Sunday. Be specific. What is it you are grateful, God? Tell God and the people around you, be specific. And thirdly, be genuine. Thanksgiving is only as good as the sincerity in which it's said, with. We every, it's just a routine that we love to do as a family. And before we eat dinner at night, we say grace and we hold each other's hands, hold each other's hands, close our eyes, and one of us says grace. And generally, it's along the lines of thank you, Lord, for this food. Pray you bless it to our bodies, bless the hands that have prepared it. In your wonderful name, amen. And I can invariably say there are times when we do that, thank you, Lord, amen. We open our eyes, let go of the hands, and out comes, ugh. What's this? (laughs) To which I say, it's called manna. (laughs) Because what is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to be dinner. But the point is, you know what? Be genuine. We've just said grace. We've just thanked God for what he's provided. And then we've gone, ew, I don't like what you provided. And that's a funny comment because we're talking about um, grace and we're talking about dinner. But how many times do we as Christians do that? God, I thank you. Oh, I didn't want you. God, I want peace. Well, Lord, I didn't want to be put in a situation where I had to discover how to get peace. Oh lot, I want patience. But I didn't want to be put in a situation where I had to learn to exercise patience. How do you think we get it? He puts us in situations so that that's what we do. But we go, God, I want this. And then we complain to him about the fact in how he, which he provides it. And it reminds me of that quote from um, A Few Good Men reject Jack Nicholson sits there they wanting him to say, I ordered the code red. And he sits there and he says, you sit under the blanket of protection I provide for you. And then you question the way in which I provide it. And I think that's a picture of God. God, I want this. What? You did it that way? I mean, the scripture where he talks about the lump of clay. He says, does the clay say to the potter, what God, no handle? If I was there, I would have made myself this way. We need to be genuine. And just say, you know what, God, this is what it is. God, thank you. I am thankful that whatever it is you're doing in my life, I trust you to see it to completion. I thank you that you've given me the grace to be able to walk it out. I thank you that the strength I've found being genuine. If our band could please come up. Thankfulness, as I started with, doesn't come naturally. Thankfulness isn't the result of getting Because if it was, then we've gotten so much more than we actually can handle, whether we recognise it or not. But thankfulness doesn't come from that. Thankfulness is a choice. And thankfulness is something I believe we need to practise. Because it's not natural, because it's a choice, because it doesn't come with getting, you and I have to have the discipline of practising the art of being thankful.